Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to come back to um, a couple of things that Robbie said um, so well just before. I was uh, listening to a young mum the other day and they were sharing about um, just after uh, their young child arrived. Young child, that's an oxymoron. No, that's a, what is that, Matt? What's that called when you say something twice but you don't need to? Not that you ever do that. I'm not asking you because you... Anyway, moving on. Okay, there was a, there was a young mum and they just said, they were talking about, oh, I found some things to be really true about having a young child. And they said, oh, it's like we, I realised we had all this time preparing to be at the hospital and we had a birthing plan. And then as soon as we left the hospital, it was like, yep, you're on your own. And I was like, and I'm like, yeah, there's some heads nodding. Anyway, there was a few more that I found on the internet this week that mums were talking about truths that they'd experienced. Here's, um, they'll be up on the screen be, behind me. Um, one person said, I'm just a mum stuck under a sleeping child with a full bladder and a dying phone. <laughs> this other person said, remember when you first became a parent and everything was so terrifying? Now you watch your kid lick the shopping trolley and you don't even break a sweat. <laughs> How's this one? I love all my children equally, except for the one that sleeps. I love that one more. <laughs> and this one, finally, this person said, at bedtime, my children turn into dehydrated philosophers who need a hug. <laughs> I love it. Like Robbie said, today is, um, is a day of celebration for um, so many of us. Um, for some of you, I'm sure you will have, um, you're in that age and stage where um, breakfast was attempted to be made for you. And there might have been a card from the school stall, or maybe you can remember that, that time in your life. And you know, today is going to be a good day, and your head is going to hit the pillow tonight, and you are going to feel a sense of contentment and joy. And also, as Robbie said so well, for, for many of us, there's grief. And uh, for some, there won't be hugs. Um, for some of us here, even this morning, there won't be um, small voices or there will be voices missing. And for many, uh, for many women, for many people, it will be a hard day. Uh, the reminder of lost dreams or failed hopes, maybe even of crisis or despair or deep grief. And Christian writer Taryn Hayes said it this way, um, a mum far away, a mum passed away, a mum never known. The, the Bible highlights much about mothers, and I'd like to touch on that today. And our society does the same thing, uh, encouraging and saying, oh, here's, here's, here's mums and what they bring to our life and what they do and all that they are. And I would like to suggest today that even richer and deeper than what our society can hold up, Scripture, God points to something even more valuable about the roles of mum in our life. And today I'd like to take a moment or two to highlight how I see the way that God is at work through Christian mums. And so many, we are blessed with so many of those as part of our church. And maybe like you come in as a mum this morning and maybe an encouragement to you where you, you, you think of your life and you think I'm just doing the run of the mill kind of life, but actually that you, you are not only a blessing to your family, but also to others around you and to highlight how you are a blessing to our church family. And you might be living in a way that even without realising it, um, you are doing things that are so much more deeper and richer and more valuable than you may give yourself credit for. 
And to do that, I'd like, to, like us to turn back uh, to the telling of the first Easter uh, found in Scripture. Going to look at um, in, in the book of John and the, the book of Mark in the New Testament. I know, I know Easter was a couple of weeks ago, but I'd like to go back and just highlight a couple of things because it's an incredible um, story where um, some women, some mums do, an, do some absolutely miraculous thing, things, but they get kind of overlooked at times because there's someone who died and said they was going to come back to their life and they did. And it's like, well, if you're going to get overlooked, you, that's probably the right person to be overlooked by, right? Like Jesus coming back to life. So we're going to pick up the story here in John 19. And here we're going to pick up the story where the, there's some women um, gathered around the foot of the cross of Jesus and it'll be on the screen for you. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, he said, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. We're going to skip forward to Easter Sunday now. And uh, this is how Mark um, writes it. Mark 16, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. I share those two stories because they highlight the devastation and grief of Good Friday, but also the celebration and hope and rejoicing of Easter Sunday. And somewhere between those two extremes, I imagine there's many emotions are gonna lie today. And I'd just like to take a few moments to highlight a couple of things that I said, as I said, stand out to me and I wanna celebrate about the mums, especially in the life of our church. And the first one, um, I wanna say thanks for mums, mums that you have faith, but you don't necessarily have your own children. I look around the life of our church and I'm so thankful for those, those, those people that play the role of mum where they, they, um, they care for those people that have less than them. They include the friendless. They, they look to feed the hungry and they serve people not only in their own family but beyond their own family, even, not even their own biological kids. And I love it when I see it, how you serve and you love and you do all those things and they are actually richer and deeper because for some of you, they are birthed out of your own pain and your own disappointment. I recall talk, listening to a guy and he said how he had come um, into a church and he, um, after the service, uh, uh, he, as he, he tells it, a lady bowled up to him who was old enough to be his grandma and said to him, can I please give you a hug? And in his mind, he, he said, thought, yeah, okay. And in his mind, he gave a certain amount of permission for a hug. And he said, okay, you can hug me. And her idea of permission and his idea of permission were very different things. He had thought this would be a brief kind of, we don't know each other, how are you hug? And he just said, she just grabbed him and almost wrestled him to the ground. He was like, and she wouldn't, you know, when someone won't let go, you're like, I'm done with this hug. No, and she's like, no, no, we're not. We're hugging some more. Anyway, he, he shared how he just found this kind of perplexing. And, but he went on to say how actually, as they got to know each other a little more, and they didn't get to know each other in depth, but on occasion, this woman would come up to him and say, today I feel like I need to give you a hug. And he said, 
Do you know what? There began to become times where my week was such that I walked into church feeling almost worthless. And if there's anyone in this place that doesn't deserve a hug, it's me. And so often they were the mornings, the days where this lady be like, I, I just thought I've got to hug you today. I've got to hug you today. And the church is filled with sons and daughters who receive encouragement just at the right time, who get, get the big hug at the very moment where they feel like they're least worthy of it by people who, who are the mums of our church. And I want to say thanks. Mums, you bring comfort to us. Those women dwelling at the cross when others had left or deserted and these women showed their commitment and their conviction. They showed their conviction and commitment that even in our grief, even in our pain, our Saviour is with us. And even now you are helping answer the question that other people have, which is, where do I go and who can I turn to with my grief and my pain? Who can help me make sense of all these things that I'm experiencing in life? And you are helping answer that question and you are pointing and saying, here is the God who has entered into our struggle. Not only, to, not only into our pain, but with our pain and for our pain. And in doing that, you do another special thing, which is you help show us the way. John 19, like we read, said, uh, he said, like, while it was still early. Some translations, you might have in your translation, like, while it was still dark, the women headed off to the tomb. I love how these women, these mums, willingly went first. They willingly went first. And the women go back, of course, and they tell the other followers of Jesus. And uh, John 20 um, describes it as um, Simon Peter and another disciple. Simon Peter and another disciple, um, they, they start to run and um, one of them gets there first because he's a faster runner, okay? All right, now, um, uh, who's competitive here this morning, all right? All right, hands up, who likes to win things? All right, there's someone over here who really likes to win things. That, like, it, it answers its own question, you know. Anyway, I love how John, like he, he doesn't name himself, but it's him who ran fastest. He's like, not only is this the disciple that Jesus loved, it's like the fastest runner. Like, uh, good one, John. Like, you are so great for. Like, uh, I got here first, guys. Like, you know, yeah, John, you got there first because the women had already been to the tomb and come back. They were on their second trip, mate. Like, come on, like... Don't pump your tyres up too much. But I just love that picture. Isn't, aren't things so much harder at night time in the dark when loneliness hits or, you know, whatever we face in life, the dark just seems to magnify. Yet here are these women, these mums, and they're like, actually, we're willingly gonna go first in the dark before other people are up. John, you're still sleeping in so you can run as fast as possible. We're actually gonna go ahead. And I wanna say a big thanks, mums, because when you put your faith in God, you may face uncertainty so the rest of us can follow with more certainty. I love that. And you are the living demonstration to our church that says, I have trusted God. He has proven himself to be faithful and we can follow him together. Mums, I wanna say thanks for the way that you model worship. Mark chapter 16 says they were, expecting, they were, they were going to the tomb expecting to find a body. They're expecting to find a body. And here they are. They're gonna treat Jesus with the attention and the care, Jesus' body with the attention and care they believe he deserved. And do you know what they were doing? They were worshipping. 
they were worshipping. And here's this uncertainty again, like isn't that an act of faith? Expecting to find a body, yet they find the risen king. And that your faith is a living demonstration to your kids, to your family, but not only them, but also to us as well. Because as a church family, when, when we hear your words and we are encouraged when you, when you declare how good God is and we can see your acts of worship and, and we, we not only observe, we can learn how we should follow God as well. And our church is richer because of that heart and better because of that heart. And in doing so, mums, you actually show us what God is like. And you might think, oh, that's a bit of a stretch, Jono. Like, really? Like, the way I love my kids or the way I, you know, bring people into my family, my church family, whatever the case may be, isn't that a bit of a, you know, Isaiah 66, 13 says it this way. It actually uses the comparison of the love of a mum and the love that God has for each and every one of us. And it says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. And in a loving mum, in a, in, a, in a loving person who takes on that role of mum for us, we see Christ. We see the same heart that, oh, just as, I, just as I'm gonna gather and I'm gonna love on you guys, that's exactly what God wants to do with his people. When you see that, when you embrace that person who's seemingly unlovable and isn't that all of us at some time or another, actually that's what God desires to do. When you let other people go first and you let other people shine and, you know, you, you choose to step back so other people can, you know, maybe receive the praise or, like, you know, have themselves built up, like, you are sacrificing in the way that God sacrifices. There's this incredible line in John 20 where Ma Mary Magdalene declares to all the followers of Jesus that are around her, she just said, I, I have seen the Lord. God is alive. God is alive in my life. I thought it was, um, I thought I'd probably be kicking around the shallow end of the pool as a dad getting up and talking on Mother's Day. Um, so I thought I'd better bring in some heftier recruits here, some troops, all right? So um, a couple of weeks ago, a little while ago, had the real um, privilege of sitting down with a mum in the life of our church. And some of you will know her, her name is Carol. I'm not sure, is Carol here this morning? She, they weren't gonna be able to be here this morning. So we did, Robbie's done an amazing job capturing a story um, on video for us. So thanks Robbie, lots of hard work gone into this. I was sitting down with Carol and um, it, it, we never kind of set out to talk about anything in specific, but um, she started like just, you know when something pours out of someone and she, it was spilling out her, just her, her love for people and her mum, uh, her heart as a mum, excuse me. And so um, probably the last person that would ever want to be on video, um, but twisted her arm into uh, sharing her story. And so I'd, I'd love to share this with you and um, I hope you can be encouraged and I'd like to come back and share a few thoughts about what uh, Carol shares. So thanks, team. I was quite young when I believed that God really wanted me to be a missionary. And I had gone to a, a, an Easter convention 
and at the missionary meeting, the, the speaker spoke very clearly uh, using Isaiah, the passage in Isaiah about who will go for us, and um, the child Samuel, who heard God speaking to him. And his, his message, his appeal at the end was, if you are willing to make yourself available to God, uh, to go anywhere, to do anything for God, would you stand up? And I, I stood up. And I always believed that that was what, that God had put that in my heart. And so when I trained as a nurse and a midwife, I had that in mind that this was going to be for the rest of my life. So I was just finishing my nursing training when I met Phil. And when I met Phil and he had the same desire, it was like, isn't that wonderful that God brought us together? And when we felt that God was calling us to the Fulani people, it was like, wow, we've both had farm experience, you know? It was our backgrounds were really gonna be suited for this sort of work. We just saw God putting all that together for us. So we went to Africa, just the two of us, a year after we were married. And we were gonna be working with the cattle herding people, nomadic. We knew nothing about them. We, we probably were scared, but it was also like exciting. And so I was 24, I think, and um, 74, 1974, and Phil was 27. We went out without children, but we, we understood probably we would have children, we wanted to have children. A lot of men and women went as singles and they married on the field. And um, they had children on the field. And there was not uh, a certainty that all of their children would live. And so, um, and then when we think, thought about the Fulani, Goodness me, we, we knew so many people who, whose babies died. I guess, you know, we all, as missionaries, face the challenge, uh, was that going to happen to us as well? Um, would that be something that would uh, help us to identify with the people, you know, if we lost a child? Um, God didn't require that of us, but we know missionaries who did lose children on the mission field. So during our um, first two terms, we had um, three boys born on the field. And I remember the first time we came back with our first baby, um, we had 800 kilometres to drive and we had him in a cardboard box between us on the front seat of the car, of the Land Cruiser. Um, I don't think we'd be allowed to do that today. <laughs> Becoming a mother for the first time is an awesome thing. Um, just the wonder of, of the new baby that's been born. Um, but, you know, every baby that, that is born has eternity in him or her. And, and I think about that and think, you know, we have such a huge responsibility to bring up these little ones because, you know, their life will go on forever. And God has a plan for this life. God has, he knows, he knows him before he's born. He knows what plans he has for him. And that's, I, I, you know, I might know what that is, but, and I don't, <laughs> but I can believe that God has 
a perfect plan for this child. And, you know, I don't think our parenting role stops. It doesn't. You know, when our children go off to university and we, we still need to be available there for them. When they get married, it's not like it's the end of being a, a parent. So, yeah, I think that's exciting. Um, it's, it's forever. <laughs> I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, would you put your hands together for Carol and Phil? When I sat down with uh, Carol and she said, oh, it was a bit of a drive to the hospital from where we were. She didn't tell me it was 800 kilometres. Like, that's just amazing. Uh, probably like me, you're thinking, oh, I just got so many questions about that life that you chose there. And I want to come back to one, just one simple phrase that Carol used. And I think it was an absolutely beautiful conviction. And where she spoke, and obviously we can see her heart that, you know, God was stirring in her heart and Phil's heart to make a huge sacrifice. And she used that phrase, will the Lord require that of us? And I think that's just the most amazing conviction that, her, that she would just go, God, whatever you require of me, I will receive and accept. And I think they're powerful words for mums today and powerful words for each and every person here today. That we would be able to say today, God, whatever you might require of me. When I heard Carol share those words, I'm like, they're, they're the words of the women at the foot of the cross. Lord, whatever you require of me, may I do it with faith and conviction and with hope that says the risen King will be with me. And God, just as I grieve with you, I will also rejoice with you. And you are the living God in whom I can put all my hope and all my faith. And so God, whatever you may require of me, you will equip me. You will empower me with your Holy Spirit. And so I want to finish up by saying, mums, by your faith, by your sacrifice, through your tears and your joy and your prayers, may you continue to draw out, like Carol said, the eternal wealth, worth that God has put in the hearts of people. That you would be part of seeing God's plan for the people in your life come to fruition for the moments that are hard, for the moments that are just amazingly joyful and every moment in between, that God would equip you. And we wanna say thanks and we wanna celebrate you today. Whether you got your own kids or not, we're richer for your presence and most of all richer because of your faith. And uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to take a moment just to finish up, invite the team to come up. I invite you to stand. I'd just like to pray on behalf of us as a church family. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna, we're gonna sing together. Um, after that, I've actually asked Matt, um, if you would like, mums, if you would like to pray with someone today, Matt's down here and uh, Robbie and Jess are down here. I know they'd love to um, pray with you.
my, my heart did just go to like, oh, you know, the easy thing is to kind of do Mother's Day and do the warm, fuzzy thing. And I just felt like, you know, if, if any of you have that stirring in your heart that you're like, God, you need to equip me for the task, equip me afresh, whatever you ask of me, God. Um, come down the front after we've finished singing and maybe Robbie's wrapped up the service and these guys would love to pray with you. We've got some oil here, just a little bit of oil on the head, which in, the, in Scripture means set, set apart, set aside, a commissioning for the task. That sounds like a mum thing, doesn't it? Commissioning, commissioning for the role. But you know, I, I, I just pray that you would have the best day but if God's stirring in your heart, just take a moment or two so that we'd have the, the honour of standing with you as you go, God, whatever you have for me, whatever you have for me, let's pray together. Lord God, we wanna thank you for the, the mums in the life of our church. God, we ask that you'll be present by your Holy Spirit today for those mums who are experiencing brokenness, broken relationship with their kids. God, you know, our society would hold up, you know, breakdown in relationship is someone's fault. You know, God, we just want to come and say, we're not, we're not worrying about whose fault it is. We ask that by the power of your Spirit, you would bring reconciliation and restoration and healing. Lord God, we pray for those mums who have got little ones. Bless them with energy and patience and joy and all the things they need for this age and stage. For mums with adult kids, we ask that their relationships would be known for their care and their commitment to each other. For mums who have had to say goodbye to children, we ask that there would be comfort and hope that only you can provide, Lord God. Lord God, we ask that you empower the mums in our church to do all you ask and require of them. Give them power by your Holy Spirit, grow their influence, continue to bless them with the gift of faith, that that may be true also for each and every one of us. And thank you for the blessing that the mums of one hope are. In all things we pray in Jesus' Name that the Holy Spirit, you, you would stir deeply in our hearts that each and every person, just like Mary, would be able to say, I have seen and I know the risen Lord. And in Jesus' Name we say, thanks. Amen. Amen. Why don't we sing together? Thanks, Faith.